AM850K FUO. We are worldwide at KFUO.org. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. It's so good to have you here. I'm Gary Duncan, your host, and it's time now for our moment in scripture with Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. Hi, Matt. Hi, Gary. Great to be here with you. Now, we read uh, a lot. Well, not really, but it sounds like a lot. We read <laughs> Amos 7 all the way through Obadiah and through Jonah as well. Uh, in Amos 7, we kind of we were still reading about the locust, which you talked about last week. Yes. Uh, Amos 8 was the ripe fruit. Amos 9, we read how Israel uh, was to be destroyed and the restoration of Israel as well. And then uh, we went into Obadiah and his visions. So what would you like to highlight for us this week? Well, like you said, Gary, last week we talked a little about Amos, and you just gave us a brief overview just now. So let's let's go into Obadiah. Okay. <laughs> so we've got these three different books of the Bible. And again, if our listeners uh, like to follow along, this is our two-year plan through the Bible. If you keep up with us, you'll go through the Bible cover to cover in two years. Um, so three different books to read through today. Obadiah is a one chapter long book in the Bible. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was reading through it on, on Bible Gateway and it was like one page. I'm like, oh, okay. This is yeah, easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you look you look up the uh, chapter and verse and there is no chapter. It just gives you the verses yeah. because there's, there's only one chapter. So mm -hmm. there's a number of books like that in the Bible. Uh, that doesn't mean they're unimportant. Far from it. They're still important. They're still the word of the Lord. And the book of Obadiah really has to do with Israel's relationship with Edom. So Edom, you might remember, is the people that come about as descendants of Esau. So Esau was the brother of Jacob, and they did not get along, <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, so neither do their descendants. The descendants of Esau are called the Edomites. The descendants of Jacob or Israel, of course, are called the Israelites. And right. you see for generations, attention and fighting and wars and battles. And that's what the book of Obadiah is about. Uh, the Edomites are sort of beating up on the Israelites. The Edomites are arrogant. Uh, they're proud. And the message in Obadiah is they're going to be humbled. Uh, that the Lord is looking out for his people and that the Lord reigns over all nations. It's finally the Lord who is king of kings and lord of lords and does what he wants to do, accomplish his will. So even though Israel's been unfaithful, even though they certainly need to repent, even at the same time, uh, the Lord is still faithful to them, and Edom is going to be defeated ultimately uh, as they pridefully uh, attacked Israel. Uh, the, the Lord is going to preserve this rem remnant of Israel, uh, and that's, that's the message of Obadiah, kind of in a nutshell. The Edomites are going down, and the Lord is going to preserve his people. That's Obadiah uh, in just a few sentences. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the book of Jonah, that's the other one we read. We read through the whole book of Jonah. That's a familiar book to us probably, at least parts of it are familiar. It's one of those accounts that we perhaps learned in Sunday school. If there's an account in the Bible that someone knows who's not even a Christian, maybe they know at least bits and pieces of that account of Jonah. Uh, maybe they discount it. Maybe it seems unbelievable, some of the things that happened. And yet by faith we believe, no, this, this is true. This really happened. Jonah was a historic figure, someone who really did live, and a prophet that the Lord really did work through. Uh, so just a brief recap of the book. Uh, Jonah is called by God to go to the people of Nineveh. 
Uh, the people of Nineveh were Assyrians. They're enemies of Israel. They are known for their cruelty. Uh, Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh, and it's not necessarily because he's scared, but it's because he doesn't think they're worthy to hear God's word. They're not worthy to have a chance to hear the word of the Lord, to repent and, and turn to the Lord. So Jonah hops aboard a ship, a charters a ship, and goes in the opposite direction of Nineveh. A uh, bad idea when the Lord tells you to do something. Um, there's a storm lies on the ship and all the sailors, these pagan sailors, are calling out to their gods, uh, probably doing what they should be doing, praying, even though it's to the wrong God, of course. Uh, and yet Jonah's doing what you probably shouldn't be doing. He's asleep. He's sort of indifferent to this storm that threatens their lives. Uh, but they wake up Jonah, and uh, Jonah kind of admits his, his fault. And then Jonah says just this kind of one sentence long witness to these pagan sailors. He goes uh, in chapter 1, uh, verse 9, he says, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And that's really all we have recorded of, of Jonah's words to these sailors. Uh, but in those words of witness, uh, it seems like perhaps those sailors Come to believe in the Lord. Uh, they throw Jonah overboard. The, the, the waves calm down. And then we read later on uh, in verses uh, 14 and following that the sailors then cry out to the Lord. Uh, and they even sacrifice to the Lord. So it seems as though perhaps, perhaps Jonah witnesses to them in those words and they come to faith in the Lord. Perhaps so. At least they're calling out to him at this point. Uh, Jonah swallowed up by this great fish. Um, not so much, well, perhaps partly in punishment, but also even more so, I think, in protection and provision. This fish saves Jonah's life and then ultimately vomits him up on land. And then Jonah has to go quite a distance still to the city of Nineveh. Uh, in Nineveh, he preaches this short sermon in chapter 3, yet 40 days in Nineveh will be overturned. And that's really all we have recorded. Uh, but God's word works. Uh, the people of Nineveh, they repent. Uh, they they turn to the Lord. They're sorry for what they've done. They put on sackcloth and even their animals they put sackcloth on. Uh, everyone repents. And then in chapter 4, we see that Jonah, he sort, sort of pouts that the Lord doesn't destroy Nineveh. Because after all, these are Israel's enemy. Uh, they're people that Jonah doesn't like. They're different than him. And the Lord relents from disaster. He doesn't destroy them. He forgives. And Jonah's pouting about it. He's not happy about it. And then the whole book of Jonah ends with this line of chapter 4, verse 11, very last verse. The Lord says this to Jonah and asks Jonah this question. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who not know their, do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? <laughs> and that's how the book ends <laughs> with this question. But basically, Jonah, shouldn't I have mercy on Nineveh? And then that's it. We don't know how Jonah responds. It's a cliffhanger. It's, yeah. uh, it's an open-ended question. We have no and clue. I think, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's, in a way, it forces us as readers to consider, oh, how would we answer that question <laughs> if we were in Jonah's shoes or if we were thinking of people that maybe we're enemies with or who are much different than we are, you know, should not the Lord have pity, compassion on them? How are we going to answer that question? And hopefully their answer is, well, yes, <laughs> the Lord has had pity on me, uh, a poor, miserable sinner. He's forgiven me. The Lord, yes, should have pity, have compassion 
uh, on anyone, uh, even our enemies, even our enemies. Uh, so that's that's what we learned from the book of Jonah. You know, for those who say that, you know, Jonah's maybe a fairy tale or just made up and seems too unbelievable, um, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus affirms that the account of Jonah was real. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the, the some of the folks ask uh, Jesus for a sign, some of the Jewish leaders, and Jesus says, the only sign I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah. Uh, just as Jonah was in three days in the belly of the fish, so also will the Son of Man, uh, Jesus is talking about himself, be in the belly of the earth. Right. And then we know Jesus was in that tomb three days, and then he comes out from the tomb, resurrected from the dead, uh, just as Jonah was three days in that fish. So Jesus there uh, seems to affirm that, well, yeah, Jonah's a real dude (laughs) who really was in the belly of a fish for three days. And so also I'll be in the earth three days, but then resurrected. So I think that's important to to acknowledge too, that Jesus affirms this account of Jonah. Right. I remember driving home from a church one day and my dad had a pretty funny sense of humor. And uh, the pastor was talking about Jonah and uh, we're driving home and my dad's quiet and he, he, he says, you know, I'm thinking about that, uh, what the pastor was talking about, and it seems a little fishy to me. <laughs> it's just a little bit fishy. <laughs> so, oh, the Jonah joke. The yeah. Jonah joke. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Christ did uh, talk about Jonah, so... Uh, whether yes. it seems fishy or not, it's true. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's good enough for me, Gary. Yep. If, if Jesus affirms that Jonah really was swallowed, really was spit out, hey, uh, I believe Jesus. He's trustworthy. Uh, I'll take him in his word. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to lead us in a prayer as we wrap up? Sure. Uh, Lord God, as we think of perhaps accounts like Jonah that maybe are, are familiar to us, uh, we rejoice that still we can learn from your word. Lord, just as you had mercy on Jonah after he ran away, just as you had mercy on the sailors on that ship, uh, just as you had mercy on the people of Nineveh, so also we thank you that you have mercy upon us. Help us to show mercy and compassion and forgiveness uh, for those uh, who have wronged us, Lord, and those who might even be enemies, uh, those who might be unlike us. Uh, Grant this for the sake of the one uh, who rose after three days, Jesus Christ, our Savior and theirs. Amen. Amen. What do we read next week, Pastor? Next week, we're into the book of Micah. We'll read through that whole book of the Old Testament and the book of Nahum, Micah and Nahum. Sounds good. Thank you. Look forward to it. Yeah, thank you, Gary. We're the messenger, KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org.